Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 10 of the Fitness Devil podcast. Today, we got Patrick Humphrey on to talk about his training group, Each Train and Progress. Uh, so stick around and enjoy. Thank you. Shut up and sit down. Hi, everyone. Welcome, Patrick Umphrey, to the Fitness Devil podcast. Guys, one of my biggest pet peeves is podcasts that have long drawn out intros, so let's jump right in. So Patrick is the creator of Eat, Train, and Progress. That's a Facebook group that he uses as a vehicle to give people a lot of great coaching information. He's himself an online coach, and he actually is a close-up magician, which we're going to get him to tell, tell us about. So Patrick, it's actually great to have you on. Uh, Thanks for having me. All right. So you did a really wonderful podcast with Andy Morgan recently, kind of set a high bar for us. So we didn't want to make it a blatant repeat, but can you at least tell our listeners a little bit about you and introduce yourself with the least humility possible? <laughs> with the least humility possible. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, man. Well, you already pretty much covered it. My name's Patrick. I am an online coach. I run E-Train Progress, uh, the Facebook group. It's also my brand name uh, for my coaching company. And I work with a variety of uh, different individuals, different goal sets. I do have a fair amount of competitive power lifters who I coach. I, I particularly enjoy working with that demographic. And I also have several people who would just fall into the kind of general population category, people who are just trying to maybe lose some weight, get in shape, improve their habits things of that nature. I'm also a close-up magician. I've been performing close-up magic for about 20 years or so. And um, I perform two to three times per week at a local venue out at the Mall of America. And then corporations just hire me to show up at their events and, and perform some, uh, some magic. So that's what I do. That's who I am. I'm also a father. I've got two uh, children. Isaiah is six years old. And my daughter, Audrey, is three. And um, I love it. And a dog. And a new puppy. Yeah, and a say. dog named Sophie. Yeah. Eight-month-old, eight or nine-month-old golden doodle. Oh, nice. <laughs> I got a I got a little 20-pound golden doodle napping right here. So Sweet. Yeah. Maybe they'll be friends one day. Um, yeah. <laughs> to preface this, are you a comic book fan at all? I'm not a comic you, book you fan. Know, I don't like... Uh, I think that comics are fantastic. I love all the movies that they've made from comic book characters, but yeah. I just never got into reading comics um, as a kid. So no, I'm not really. But you know, Tony, you know, Tony Stark is in Spider-Man. Uh, yes. Okay, perfect. Um, intersection between magician fitness professional is going to seem, I don't want to say weird, unique to most people listening. Um, oh, weird. <laughs> are you sorry? Are you inter how do you intertwine magic and fitness? And I want to just preface this with Tony Stark is kind of out in the open. He's like the Iron Man, but everyone knows he's Iron Man. It's Tony Stark and then Spider-Man kind of hides who he is. Which one are you in terms of your magicianship, your coaching? How do you kind of which one are you and explain it? You know, I wouldn't say that I'm one or the other. I would say that they are things that I do. And I think that they, you know, don't necessarily, I, I guess I don't, um, I don't really think of it in terms of part of my identity as much as I think of it as things that I'm passionate about that I really enjoy doing. As far as the uh, intersection, sorry, if you've heard that notification on my computer there, as far as the uh, intersection between magic and coaching, this is something I've been challenged to think about in the past. And I don't really have any fantastic, like, well-defined answer, but I do think there are a lot of intersections in that both of them require varying degrees of understanding people. And they both require, since I perform up close, it's an interactive form of magic. So I am, you know, speaking with people directly and rather than like stage magic where you're up on a stage and everyone is watching you do something. Um, I am involving people and I'm even to the point with close-up magic, you're, you're, you're choreographing things so that you know exactly where their eyes are going to be directed. And you know, uh, hopefully you know what they might be thinking about what you're doing. And so I just think both of them require, um, 
a certain set of interpersonal skills that make you a lot better at what you're doing if you happen to have those skills and have that social awareness. I was going to um, say, you could probably go even cooler with that. I'm just throwing out some ideas. You can make some pretty cool informative, informative YouTube videos. Like <laughs> freaking talk about yeah, nutrition to pull like a magic trick. You'd be like, yeah. I've thought about trying to integrate that in terms of, is there a way during my close-up magic to talk about fitness? But Ooh. the problem with that, like, I, I think it's a, it's a legitimate idea if I could do it correctly. I think the problem with that can sometimes happen where you end up watering down the magic in order to try to incorporate the the message that you're trying to incorporate. It doesn't always happen. I've seen it done well in some examples, but I think um, too with other things, not with fitness. You also run into the problem where a lot of time I'm sure people who are there to be entertained kind of want to shut their brains off and just enjoy the experience. And if it comes with this sort of yes. stressful life message and a reminder of all the shit they're not doing right that can taint <laughs> the experience of enjoying the magic. So I can see way. where two of those things intertwining the fitness within it might Absolutely. not work as well with the magic. I would go the other way. I would, I would impose magic on the fitness crowd <laughs> that I, that I think works Yeah, on YouTube. I, well, I don't I know. Think. I'm just giving you ideas, but I, have you ever yeah, thought about the, that? I, I'd be cueing someone on a squat and be like, look, you need to push your knees out. Oh my God, a rabbit. Yeah. Where did that come from? <laughs> exactly. Uh, just turning Twinkies into bananas and shit. It, and it at least like makes stuff go viral on the internet. The very <laughs> least, especially with your following. They'd be like, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> <laughs> All awesome. right. So uh, for a lot of people that uh, are listening, they don't know that uh, Patrick and I actually met in Kansas City in May. And that was actually really cool. Uh, yeah. Just like... Uh, or recent guests, Sohi Lee, Jay Ashman, Carter Good. And I kind of wanted to share a little bit about what that community is like. like. There's this event that happens in Kansas City called a Fitness Summit every year. I think it's, what, 17 years now? Something like that. <laughs> and so that was an um, event that blew me away this year. So again, a lot of our clients, a lot of our listeners wouldn't really have an appreciation for what that is. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about that community within our industry and, and how it actually trickles down to benefit them in the end, how it improves all of us? I think that's a great question. And first, I, I want to talk about meeting you because I have to mention that <laughs> we all we all got a good kick out of this because Andrew is a bit a bit gingery, but he's also <laughs> freaking massive and just jacked to the gills. And I'm like a buck 80 soaking wet, but I'm also a ginger. And so I, I was joking that it's like a before and after picture of like, he, he's the, he's what happens if I were to actually lift weights or something. So I tried not, I tried to not stand next to Andrew as much as I could. So I didn't look just tiny by comparison, but back to your original question. Um, I think that it's a fantastic event. And I think that, um, for, for listeners who might not be aware, it is a series of lectures put on by some of the top fitness professionals where they basically present slides and present their case for whatever it is that they want to talk about. It's very educational and it's also a very good networking event where fitness professionals can network with each other. Uh, very good friendships are formed. Very good information is exchanged. It has actually, I think, helped me a lot by motivating me to advance both my business practices and um, just educating me on, on potential changes to how I might coach people um, and the information that I have. And so, and I think it trickles down because in the online fitness community, it's very large. Like there are thousands of people networked together but there's not thousands of people that go to attend this event. And so you might only have, you know, 50 to a hundred. I don't know what the turnout is. We could probably look at the numbers. It was but, creeping you know, up near about 200, I think this past year. Okay. Yeah. So I under, undershot that. But if you figured that there's a couple hundred fitness professionals, well, they, they are all going to take something that they've learned and that's going to get applied. And that information is going to get spread. And I do think that other people will, benefit from that. Well, even as much as we were talking before the show, um, you had Dean Somerset, a local trainer mm -hmm. here, but also like freaking huge. He's a huge in the fitness world and he, he yeah. worked on you and there's no way you didn't yes. take something away from that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I scheduled a session with Dean. Uh, I like Dean a lot. He's one of my favorite guys in the, uh, in the industry. And, um, yeah, I, I had a one-on-one -on -one session with him because I have a hip issue that is almost a hundred percent now. And I just wanted him to both take a look at it 
and then talk me through a few things. And uh, he jammed his thumb into my adductor so hard that I <laughs> almost started crying. And um, what was funny is that I was wincing and just making these these horrible noises about how bad this thing hurt. And he just would not let up. But then when he got done, he goes, Hey, your pain tolerance is pretty good. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I was screaming like a baby the whole time. What do you mean? My pain tolerance is good. So it's the ginger myth. I don't know, man. It was <laughs> well, uh, actually, there's some it, truth to it that. We quite have a- painful, but I, I definitely saw an improvement to, uh, mobility immediately afterwards so it was, it was good it's stuff. funny on that too i don't know i saw him too and he's pretty much doing the same thing he's like just breathe breathe normally like man stop fucking saying that <laughs> like how are you supposed to breathe yeah like you breathe normally with a 250 pound canadian sitting on you let's see you do that yeah, you need to get him back anyone who's been listening to this from the very beginning or or well, they know that Dean Somerset was our lead episode and he's a local guy here and he was great, great enough to come on with us. And he's a good friend of ours. So we've been lucky to be around him a whole lot and learn a ton from him. He's going to return in future a whole bunch of times. So if you're a newer listener, maybe you're one of Patrick's uh, Eat, Train, Progress people. Guys, well, first of all, we, we were hoping you'll subscribe to the podcast because we're, we're working really hard on doing something great. But go back into the older episodes and listen to the one that Dean does because Dean is unbelievable. And then just, just check out some of the other stuff we got coming up. Or he, he's basically saying, stop listening to Patrick right now. Turn this <laughs> off. This is the other shit. There's, not, there's nothing good about Patrick. Um, so on that, your big thing, I don't want to say big thing, but you create and manage a very large Facebook group called Eat, Train, Progress. Yeah. Describe its original purpose and kind of could you imagine it was got got have gotten that doesn't make any sense. Could you imagine it would have got as big as as it has? It's about 14,000 no. right now, just for ridiculous. reference for some like, that's ridiculous in terms of a small group where everyone comments and participates. So kind of just yeah. answer that and let us know. Yeah. So first, I'll answer the second question first. I'm baffled that it's gotten as big as it has. I'm I I sit there every day and I actually kind of laugh. Like, what the hell? Like, how did this happen? So, um, it, it's pretty crazy, especially considering that the Facebook group did not start until August of 2016, and so oh, that group has only been active for about uh you know a little over a year. Didn't realize and it's that. Picked up to it, it'll turn fourteen thousand this week, That's most likely because we're at thirteen nine something. And so, as far as how it originated, um. I actually kind of got my start with coaching um, in the MyFitnessPal forums, and uh, I still go there occasionally, but not nearly as often because I'm so busy as it is now. But I started E-Train Progress with a friend of mine who is now also a client. Her name is Sarah, and her and I met on MyFitnessPal. We shared many of the same philosophies. And we both started getting a lot of message requests, you know, in our inboxes on MyFitnessPal of people just asking us for advice, asking our opinion on things. So we decided, let's make a forum group in MyFitnessPal because the forum software allows you to create your own group and manage it. Nice. And so we created E-Train Progress in the MyFitnessPal forums. And after probably three, two to three years of doing that, we got up to about, there's something like 10,000 members in there at one point. And, um... That's actually also how I started coaching in that I started it through those forums. I ended up doing a coaching platform where I gave it away for free. That's how I started doing it on Skype. And so anyway, not, not to go way deep into it. Um, it really started on my fitness pal. And then eventually I decided, you know, there's probably a better social media platform for this and I could probably start a second one. So I started a page on Facebook called E-Train Progress. That is also still there. There's about 2000 people in that. And then after a couple of years of that, I went, you know, I like my page, but a group would be a much better way to conduct threads and to you know promote interaction. Yeah. And so in August of 2016, I created the E-Train Progress group. And that is the one that is now at almost 14,000 and pretty crazy on oh, there's interaction like almost the point yeah, where i'm like i might have turn off my notifications like there's a lot of fucking interaction like that's awesome yeah. but it's crazy it's very active yep if anyone listening to this who again already isn't a part of this stuff first of all go search it check it out it's a really great place for pretty much almost anything within reason goes to talk about fitness nutrition if you want to post questions if you want to interact with what's already going on or just hang out and creep and, and follow it it's uh it's a pretty amazing experience i tend to be a bit more of a quiet follower every once in a while i'll touch in on something but uh, patrick's got such a good handle on it that uh, i don't work to steal his thunder on it yeah i appreciate that 
Um, and with that being said, it's one of those things. Oh, sorry. My headphones are going on. Uh, it's one of those things where like, yeah, it's hard to comment on it. Cause like, there's, there's like 30 comments in five minutes of most of those posts. It's like things can get lost and it's just, it's, that's a good yeah. thing. It's a good problem to have. And I, I guess, agree. how do you manage that? Well, I am very fortunate that I have three of my clients who have volunteered as moderators and they are absolutely fantastic and I could not do it without their help. And I am incredibly thankful for all of the things that they do. We have a private mod chat. Uh, one of them even keeps a spreadsheet where she has like a shit list of like people that <laughs> people that are like, we, we need to watch these people. You should post so, it. You like, should post it. <laughs> oh, no, no. But, you know, we are working. We might do something of like a Hall of Fame of the the people that we booted that have acted like the biggest douchebags like we might. We're, we're working on something like that, but I don't know if that'll ever get published. So you might have to edit that out. Actually. I don't know that I want people knowing that I just said that, but <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll see. We'll chat about it That's after awesome. that might get revealed to the world. Uh, so what's That's fine. What is, how has the experience been running such a great vehicle to help people? It's kind of been crazy. And I say that because it's happened so fast that I'm, I'm, I'm in disbelief, like looking at how big this group has gotten. Like, I'm like, what, what, like, how did this happen? So, um, (laughs) the experience has mostly been one of kind of shock, but I try to remind myself that even though fitness and online coaching is my career, I still pursue this as a means of like self-fulfillment and fun in addition to that. And so when group things start to stress me out, I at least attempt to remind myself the reasons that I got into this and to try not to let things like that ruin my day or, or my mood or things like that. So like just when things go sour in the group, well, which can happen. Well, you've mentioned a lot that like this is kind of all crazy and it, it happened so fast. Was there some sort of preparation for this though? Like you have to have made this thinking like, Hey, if this becomes big, this will happen. Like, did you ever anticipate at least that it could get that big based on your vision? Uh, no, I don't think I did anticipate that. I think that I, I approached this like, Hey, I'm going to try to build this group. Yeah. Let's hope that it can get big and let's hope that this can become a, an outlet for me to express my opinions on things, give people what I think is good information promote people who I think are, uh, other, other great people in the industry who I want to, uh, promote and then, and also potentially be a source of, of income for me through means of picking up clients for my coaching. And so that's really all I approach this with never with the, the thought that I'm going to be in the five figures in terms of like number of people. And then I also think that I was a little underprepared understanding how much moderation a group like that could require. <laughs> uh, you've got uh, you i remember again going back to andy's podcast which guys if you want to hear more about patrick go check that out too andy does a really andy morgan does a really good podcast and i'm all about promoting other people like what you just said uh but you talked about your you had a t- the team of moderators and well we'll talk a little yeah. bit about some of the bullshit that you have to deal with <laughs> but but i also want to touch on the point too what you just described the group is kind of like actually very much like what dina and i are doing with this with this podcast, we're not making any money off this stuff directly. This is really a vehicle to hey, it's fun. This is a passion project. We're actually having a blast doing this. It's cool to get you on here to catch up. And when we had Jay Ashman on here, that was an incredible laugh. And then Mike Gears tell, wait till you guys hear this episode. It's He's so, fucked. It's so damn That's funny. Awesome. Uh, it's a great one. And, but we also get to share you with the people that we know or our audience and yeah. we'll connect more people. We get to share Dean Somerset with people. We get to share Jay Ashman with people and Dr. Mike and, and more of the cool guests that we got coming up. So it's a great way to push all of these other incredibly professional people in front of people and to get them to maybe stop listening to some of the YouTube Muppets that you see. Uh, <laughs> Jillian Michaels, man. You're, you're Jillian Michaels or you're <laughs> Elliot Hulse, like digging in, having someone digging into his groin as he's like just some of the weird shit that you see on there that uh, I think people maybe need to start sidestepping. When I, was gonna- I think it's awesome that you mentioned Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, he's going he's gonna, to like hear our little podcast and 
and like text you, be like, you fucker. Well, is it Elgin? Yeah. Ten- <laughs> Elgin Density loves to take the piss out of Elliot, and, and Elliot loves the sound of his own voice. And uh, Elliot made a whole bunch of videos, like long, drawn out diatribes about uh, Elgin. Of course, that's just feeding Elgin because Elgin's a troll and just loves taking taking shots at the, the people that he thinks are jackasses in the industry. And what do you think about what do you think about him, Patrick? I, you know, the thing is, like, I've heard everyone talk about how his training information is really good. I recall seeing some videos on just like lifting technique that I thought were great. But the two things that just made me fucking cringe, <laughs> one of them that he actually removed because of all the backlash, at least I think he removed this. It was a video that basically was slanted against using research to form opinions about training. But in the video, he clearly demonstrated a complete and utter lack of understanding understanding of how research works and what the scientific process does. And it was just this butchering of it to the point where it was an embarrassment. <laughs> and, um, you know, to be clear, obviously we, we very much value experience and anecdote. They are important parts of the process. We don't take single studies and let it decide, you know, and make absolute statements about it and stuff like that. But like, you know, he was just basically completely attempting to shit on uh, science <laughs> and it really made himself look like a dumbass in the process, in my opinion. Well, and then the other thing was that he apparently sent out an email that someone screenshotted and posted on Facebook where he basically admitted to being an anti-vaxxer and he posted, <laughs> a, bunch of, and he posted a bunch of Mercola articles as support <laughs> for being against vaccines and he sent this out to his email list and that's just like, I fucking oh my god. Especially for a smart guy like, like I'm going to say smart because he built the YouTube following, like he's, he's doing well yeah, and he's going to do something oh, stupid like that shit like use your brain man well Collie muscle yeah, he's also doing, has he's a- doing really well and i would never knock his marketing ability no. i'm not going to knock his training knowledge either because like you know i've only seen a few of his things and did they struck me as at least decent i don't recall seeing any training videos where i went well this guy's an idiot yeah. um now haven't haven't seen a lot of his stuff but it's just it's these other things where i'm just like oh god well you can formulate opinion on an anti-vaxxer puts that in an email list hoping that it's not going to get out there like that's a bad decision <laughs> yeah. i agree i agree like that, that those are probably two realms like, we should just like james fell on him james would lose his mind <laughs> about that shit. oh yeah i love james yeah james is the best I, i'm actually really hoping we can get him on here at some point i know he's writing a book right now so he's sort of sequestered but uh he would make one hell of a fiery guest for this sort of thing oh oh yeah he would he would he's but, a good dude too i roomed with him at, at this last fitness summit he was my roommate and i got a chance to chat with him quite a bit and he's just he's a he's a really genuine dude yeah, I got, guy. I got, I got fortunate to be able to spend some one-on-one time chatting with him too. And uh, just, just so awesome. smart. You know, he's, he tends to have some very strong views about certain things and he's not oh, really, he totally does. He's not really interested in some of the people who have the opposing side of that, uh, that no, point of view, no but politics and we're not Jesus. going there. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Moving on. You're an online coach. Describe, yeah, buddy. Uh, describe that online coaching experience and what are some misconceptions people hold about online coaching versus in-person coaching? That's a great question. Um, So as far as misconceptions, I'm going to tackle that one first. Here's one that I get a lot that I think comes from people who just have never done or have never heard of online coaching or online personal training. The biggest misconception I think that I've encountered, people assume that if you're an online personal trainer, you are on Skype with someone watching them do their workout and you are like (laughs) commenting on their workout, counting their reps or instructing them because that's their perception of what a personal trainer is and what a personal trainer does because that's all they know because that's either what their experience is or what they've heard of. And so they apply that to online thinking that that's how it works. And to me, as, as you know, if you're an online coach and you've not encountered this perception, it might sound funny because we know that that's really not what we do. At least the majority of us don't. And um, but but I really think that that's what the the perception of it is. Well, and that's yeah, I guess if you don't know, like I guess some of the type A's and the competitive powerlifters, they kind of know better. But like, yeah, the greater the greater audience probably doesn't have that clue at all. Well, of course. Yeah. And, and that's normal. Like, I yeah. think they're just they're taking what they know personal training to be. And they're assuming that, oh, that that must be how it works if you do it online, because I guess that's probably the most intuitive um, thought that someone could have on that. Well, and and so 
because you're 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 doing a lot of that describe what the actual online coaching experience is at least from your perspective and what you bring to the table yeah from my perspective i think it's just fantastic um the way that i conduct my coaching is that i meet with my clients on skype uh typically every other week it's about a 30 minute call and i am asking them how they're feeling that's the first thing i ask them I'm talking to them about progress that they are making. I'm talking to them about struggles that they're having. And then I'm also, in addition to getting those subjective measures from them, and in addition to building the relationship with them in order to, you know, have the trust to have those conversations, I'm also looking at objective measures. And so I'll have data on their, perhaps their body weight, if that's one of their goals, I'll have data on their calorie intake. I might have data on their step counts. I'll have data on their training program, which I design. And so I will integrate those subjective measures of feeling and their struggles and their successes with what the data tells me. And through those two things, combining those things, I will assist them in coming up with the next course of action or the next steps in order to bring them closer to their goals. Well, that's a huge, that's a huge point. Even just that last point of you're there to assist them. Like you're not walking through every single thing they're doing because it's impossible. And you're not on Skype doing this every single hour of the day. Like you're basically there as an assistant to get them to their goals. And I think that's a huge point to highlight something. That, yeah. And I also think that autonomy is a really important thing and that I, I just, it's, it's not really my style to be a, like a dictator. Um, it's, it's, it's more my style to try to help people find reasonable solutions. I'm getting their feedback when I suggest something. I'm not saying, hey, we have to do this next, and so here's how I'm changing your program, go do it. It's going to be, or, or I'm not going to say, hey, you need to cut that serving of potatoes in half because we need to do this or that. I'm just going to have a conversation, suggest usually multiple alternatives if we're trying to get from point A to point B and get their feedback to see what they think of it. And if they think that it's a reasonable solution and you know, okay. it's a, it's a, it's a dialogue and it's a collaborative effort. It is not a, I tell you this and you do it. Ultimately the end, you're the one who, sorry, you're presenting options, what have you, but they're the ones making the choices. And I think we all know this when the client is the one who makes the choice, they're a lot mm -hmm. more likely to be very successful in their efforts when it's, when it's them yep. doing that. Uh, I mentioned this a little bit with Carter Goods episode, <coughs> excuse me, where with the online coaching process, a lot of times you're there almost kind of all the time. They can email you, they can message you and you're going to respond and interact sort of as they need support. Whereas unfortunately, a lot of times at personal trainers in person, it's just the hour and then the trainers don't really facilitate any or much interaction outside of it. So oftentimes I feel like good online coaches can provide a better, broader experience that is more supportive than even sometimes the in-person experience can be like, assuming the coach chooses that route. I think that's probably accurate. I also think that it's a situation where some of the in-person trainers, some of them probably do make efforts to encourage contact outside of what happens during the session. Just think, yeah, I just think that that's probably not the expectation. And, um, and so I think that, you know, maybe they could do a better job by trying to incorporate some of that. I don't know. Well, and, and even I'm just dealing with certain people asking me certain questions online and this is, I should totally sell in-person training cause that's what we do. Um, but like there is something that is lost and I guess we're talking about nutrition, but in terms of like the physical fitness aspect of it, people can do shit wrong. So you could tell them, Hey, I'll use a basic example, do squats like that's in your program for sets of 10, whatever the hell it is. And they do something that doesn't look like a squat, but they did it in the program and it misses the point. And that's kind of where that personal touch really does come in handy, which you can't do via. Well, I guess you could do it online, but it's way more effective in person. Yeah, I think that uh, one one major difference, in my opinion, is that in improving someone's technique or teaching them how to execute a technique is far more efficient in person because you can just you can execute a greater number of changes in a short period of time. Whereas doing it online, it's typically request that they make a certain change, make sure they understand it, have them shoot a video, send it to you. You evaluate it. Sometimes you evaluate it with them and then you give them another change. 
And so, yeah, I think that in person, it's certainly um, way more efficient. Uh, and then there's also the sense of touch that you can use in person if done, obviously, carefully. You put um, it, that you, yeah. I was going to say you can put their thumb in their adductor. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, yeah that, that'll make them really like you. Um, but yeah, you can, you, you know, there's there's tactile sensations that you can use that could help someone with cueing um, or help someone execute a certain technique that you obviously can't use online. And so that would be another difference worth noting. But I also do think that um, online coaching still can be quite effective for improving technique. I know that with many of my powerlifting clients, we've been able to make significant progress on their execution through the medium of online coaching. Um, the ones that tend to do the best are the ones that just submit frequent videos where, you know, I might get a couple times a week. They either tag me on Instagram or put videos in their folder and I take a look at them and we just keep refining and refining. And so it still is less efficient than in person, but it, it can still be effective online. And this is like, uh, this might seem like an obvious answer, but which one do you prefer? Like, do you prefer in-person coaching? Like I know online coaching is larger reach and there's the benefits, but which one do you actually prefer for you? Um, I prefer making my living as an online coach. I absolutely love it. I'm very passionate about what I do. I did train people in a gym setting for a while and I, I enjoy the online coaching far more. However, if I'm in a situation where, uh, for example, I've had clients, um, where I coach at meets, I've had a couple clients fly me out to their location. So I'm coaching them at a meet and we might get a session in at a gym and I'm working with, with, I'm working with an online client in person and man, that's a blast. That is so fun. So, um, I think I prefer online more, but I definitely enjoy working with my online clients in person on the rare chance that I, you know, have the opportunity to do so because it just feels like we can get so much done in such a short period of time. And it's nice to see their faces and, and see them actually squat rather than looking at a video. Awesome. Uh, now let's turn this around to you and your own fitness. I was hoping you'd tell us a little bit about yeah. what you've been doing, your own fitness progress and your thoughts on trainers and keeping us a priority uh, for our own fitness keep ourselves visually in shape, what your thoughts are on that and just taking care of ourselves. That's a great question. Um, let's talk about the trainer piece first, since I'm incredibly opinionated. On <laughs> Let it rip. Yeah. So, and I, and I, I have to acknowledge first that I'm well aware that my opinion is not a popular one on this particular topic, but it's still my opinion. I think that in many cases, the people who think that trainers need to look jacked and, and quote, look the part, I think the people that tend to be the loudest mouths on that opinion are other personal trainers who are in shape. And, uh, I, I feel like it's kind of a sharp stick to poke at trainers who aren't in shape. Um, not in all cases. So I don't mean to say that everyone with that opinion is using it as this sharp stick to poke people with. I just get the impression that many times that's how it comes across. Mm -hmm. I think that Personal trainers are not under any obligation to look a certain way. And I also think that what you look like is not a reflection of what you know. I think that the role of a good trainer or coach is to get results in other people and to do it in a safe manner, an effective manner, and hopefully in a manner that doesn't cause any, any, you know, extra amount of additional stresses towards the client. So for example, you might have two coaches who can get a bodybuilder in great shape, but one of them might feel like shit the whole time. And the other one might feel pretty good about it because their coach is better at executing what they need to do. And all of that can be done regardless of whether you weigh 300 pounds or 150 pounds, because what you look like does not, um, necessarily play a significant role in your ability to get those results in someone else. So that's the bottom line of my opinion on that. But let's add in something because this is an important but from a business standpoint, it is very important to look the part or I, maybe maybe very important is too strong of a word. But I think we need to acknowledge that there are several people who are probably going to not want to hire a trainer that looks to be um, excessively out of shape. Um, and I think we just need to acknowledge that that's, I think that that's true more often than not might not be true in every case, but I think it's true more often than not. So if you care about, um, 
making a good impression. And if you care about earning more money, I think it's a good idea to some extent look the part. Well, it's one of those. Oh, absolutely. It's one of those things where like, why wouldn't you? And I get the reasons why you wouldn't, but the larger population, I would say generally would want a trainer that they want to look like more or less. And I mean, it's not going to mean that they can't train you, but again, in the business aspect of it, you're going to lose, you're going to lose some people in the woodworks that maybe you could have helped had you been in shape. And I guess if you took that perspective, maybe you help more people by looking better Then that's, that's a stone you definitely want to flip over and attack. I agree. I agree. I, I just, I'm, I'm hundred percent agree with that. I just object to this notion oh, that absolutely. people, yeah. people deliver it like it's your responsibility and that you must not be a good coach if you're not in shape. And I think that's bullshit. Look at Chico. I'll, I'll use, <laughs> like. and, and also, also being in good shape is completely subjective because I'll name someone who is by no means, uh, unhealthy physically. Like they're not that, you know, there's nothing obviously out of shape about them, but let's use this as an example. Lyle McDonald, um, is in my opinion, would probably be one of the best in terms of the knowledge that they have. Um, and if, if you're looking to get jacked, it could be very easy to look at Lyle's physique and possibly conclude, Hey, this guy's not jacked. This guy doesn't deadlift 600 pounds. This guy doesn't squat 500 pounds. He's probably not going to know how to coach me. Well, if you have that attitude, you're potentially missing out on someone who would be, um, probably, uh, incredible at doing that. And so that's just one, another example, throwing it out there, Dr. Stuart McGill. He's, yes. he's old yes. and skinny. He's Canadian. He's got glasses and he is now kind of inserted himself in that crop. I want to say CrossFit, that CrossFit powerlifting world. And there's no way that dude fucking deadlifts even 500 pounds <laughs> and people yep. respect him and he's a good coach. So is he stupid because he doesn't deadlift 500 pounds or do you have to respect that? Maybe he knows some a fucking thing or two. There's tons of knowledge yep, out absolutely. there encased in people who yeah don't look like the most jacked people in the entire world. One of my key thoughts on the whole thing is when it comes to new trainers, newer people who are really trying and perhaps struggling a little bit in it with the business. If you are visibly out of shape and you are struggling, you're really trying to build your business. And Patrick, this is more or less something that you kind of said. I think it's in your best interest to really make an effort there. It's going to give you a massive advantage. And if you, I agree. If you are visibly out of shape, you put yourself at a big disadvantage. I think when we take the opposing attitude where they really dig in their heels, like, oh, it doesn't matter and and all this sort of stuff. Well, okay, that, that's fine. You can believe that. And you know what? Deep down, that's right. But people still are judgmental creatures all too often. Just make the effort to give yourself every advantage if you really do want to be successful. But no, I hope people also understand too. There are brilliant people out there who do not look the way that maybe you want to look. Yep. Even if you look at Patrick versus you, man. Actually, Patrick's, Patrick's a pretty <laughs> jacked you know, dude. A I don't know, but I want to get big. I'm going to go to Andrew. And <laughs> uh, you, if you go online and you look at pictures of Patrick, you got some pretty ripped pictures and you move some serious weight for your body weight too. In fact, strength to body weight ratio, you are stronger than I am. I'm a really man, heavy stop, guy at 255. Stop, you got to sell yourself, man. Be like, you know what? Patrick got nothing on me. Fucking 40 pounds bigger. Uh, got dude, nicer dude, red hair. More like 70 pounds. At no, this point, I'm looking at the video. He's got, he's got a better trim beard. Like, come on, Andrew, sell yourself. <laughs> uh, you know, you were correct about all the physical properties, but when you start comparing beards, I will take you down, son. I'm just kidding. <laughs> man, he you grew, he, I think Andrew groomed his today. No, did did about, you groom was, yours, Patrick? Uh, no, hell no, no. Exactly. I got shit to do. I'm just kidding. Okay, <laughs> um, let's let's move on. And actually, this kind of goes towards, I guess, being opinionated. It's kind of around the interwebs. You have no tolerance for negative shit towards other people within your Very group low. or within society, which is a fair thing to, I guess, hold on to. Would you give us a window into how that sort of behavior kind of resonates with you and why do you act the way you do towards it? Yeah. Well, first of all, let's talk about how I act towards it because sometimes I'm not necessarily proud of that. Um, it came up a little bit, I think on Andy's podcast, I don't know if it made the final cut or not, but we had a little conversation about it that I think is worth repeating. And that's that, um, I tend to have a really low tolerance for bullshit in terms of people either, either being just deliberately pricks to each other, like, like personally attacking each other in my group 
or making statements that are, um, you know, bigoted or just very vocally against, you know, someone's race or someone's sexual preference or something like that. You know, things, things that delve into that territory. I just have no patience for it. And the other thing is when people treat my moderators like shit. So if, um, let's just say someone violates a rule and a moderator and, and they always are polite in when they, when they give out warnings. And so a moderator comes in and warns the person. I've seen plenty of cases where the person will just start talking shit to the mod. And like when that happens, I'm just, sometimes I lose it. And I'm not really proud of that fact. Like I wish I could be a little more diplomatic, but, um, sometimes I'm just like, I'll just start dropping F bombs on someone and just, well, you know, that, that's the one thing I listen to. So again, if you haven't listened to Annie Morgan's, go listen to it. Like you're like, I said a few f bombs. Like, what did you? I just want to know what did you say? And like, if you can't repeat, oh god, it, fair I don't enough. remember. I don't remember exactly. You're like, man, what? you're There's a fucking a- asshole. You're gonna fucking die in hell. And like, what, what did you say? Anything crazy? There, there. Well, you know, no, not. I, I would never tell someone. I hope they die. Like, I, I draw the line somewhere. Okay. But I've dropped f bombs on someone, and you know. Like you it, just, the, it happens. Like I'm gonna, just like, I'm gonna get your IP like, and show up at your house. You're done, no, man. It's nothing like that, but it's just like you know, it's. I just have no patience for it, and so like at some point, I just kind of snap, and I'm just like, you're a fucking douchebag, and we've you know, don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out, and then I'll boot them out, and sometimes I'll even reply and say, you know, here's a good example of how not to treat my moderators in this group. Have a nice day. And, uh, the, the good news is this, like the majority of the people in the E-Train progress group, like they, they do very well and people get along great. And, um, you know, I know, I know that, that some people it's not a good fit for, there are some people who want to be able to just say, say anything they want and not have any consequences to it. There are people who will think that the group is way too tightly moderated. I understand that. I, I don't have an issue with people having that opinion. It's just not the group for you, if that's the case. Um, I don't mean to go on a big tangent there, no, but like it's, it's interesting because as those things grow, like there's fourteen thousand people, percentages are going to play into effect here. Like you're going to get some shit correct. bags, and then there's going to be more because yeah. the group's bigger. Like I would say that to not tightly moderate it could, I guess, tarnish your brand in a sense. Like if you let a bunch so of too. fucking idiots run around. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like, that's something that fortunately my moderators actually pointed that out because we had, I don't remember what the incident was, but there was a case where we kind of had to sit down and chat it out. And I'm like, I said, you know, one thing I worry about is that could we be over moderating? And they both said, look, the, the group is getting bigger and bigger at like an astronomical rate. You don't need less moderation when this happens. You need more. And I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? You're right. And I'm very glad I listened to them because um, if I didn't, I think that the group would kind of be a shit show by now. There's a really good analogy that I've always liked. Um, so most people won't know this, but I actually worked for several years as a uh, poker dealer, professional poker dealer, poker supervisor. Nice. So, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So I have my history of cards, too. And one of the things I was believed in, I, I, I took my job seriously. And when I was dealing poker, you often see a lot of players who... They're table bullies, they're aggressive, and they make the experience less pleasant for everyone else. So I always believed in being very aggressive and professional, but aggressive in controlling that one person. Yeah. That, that occasionally led to complaints against me from the type of person who, of course, usually is a fragile ego, usually is that insecure bully type. Yep. But what I did is I always held the respect of the other nine people at the table. When dealers do not control that bully... What ultimately happens, those players, they quietly disappear and they complain. They don't respect the dealer. So maybe in that moment, it's less uncomfortable for the dealer to deal with that problem. But the overall experience of the table, the room, the reputation of everything suffers. And those bullies basically win. And I I see that when I worked in a commercial gym. I was very proactive in dealing with problem personalities in there to the point of making sure they were removed from the facility. those are the same yeah. people who run to the managers and whine and complain and, and twist stories and make shit up. And I've been sitting down in an office with a manager dealing with a complaint against me because of something where it was some member who was sexually harassing someone else or just generally some really horrendous etiquette that I dealt with extremely professionally. And 99 times out of 100, there was never a complaint about how I solved all of these problems. But there's always that one time. And here I am yeah. explaining this shit. I'm like, guys, like, you got to see all of the 
the, the good that's coming out of this. So I think yeah. that goes back to what you're talking about with the group. And if you let freedom reign and all this chaos happen, it will eventually degenerate the essence of the group. And then people are gonna be like, this place is a shit show. I don't want to be here. I totally agree. I'm, I'm right on board with you. And like, as far as, you know, where we draw the line, it's just like, you know, people can drop F-bombs if they want. Like we're not, we're not policing, you know, what people say so much, but if what they say starts to either drive into like the personal attack territory, or if they start disparaging groups of people, um, like I'll, I'll give you an extreme example that hasn't happened yet, fortunately, but like if someone started like dropping racial slurs or something like that, even if it's not a personal attack on an individual, like we would squash that shit immediately. <laughs> like Good. you're gone for no, and, and for, for obvious reasons, like we just wouldn't put up with that. And so people like to say this thing about like, well, you, you know, you shouldn't be so PC and you should, people shouldn't have to watch what they say. And, and it's like bullshit. You know, there are certain things where it's like, you're just being a dick. And if you're being a dick, you don't belong in this group. And that's just, it's actually a rule we have, DBAD. Don't well, be a dick. Well, that's it's like, a pretty simple rule. It's like even when I was balancing, it was like idiots will always be idiots. Like that's just the yeah. rule of a group. Don't be a fucking idiot. And like that's if you don't know what that is, <laughs> you're probably an idiot. <laughs> like, that's you're that's probably a very up. very good point. That's a very good point. Like it, it's yeah. So I don't know. I get I get kind of animated about it because it frustrates the shit out of me because it's just like how hard is it to just be like hey. <laughs> Just treat each other with some baseline level of even if you don't call it respect, just be courteous with how you communicate with people and don't be an asshole. And that's not that hard of a thing. But I guess if you're an asshole, it is that hard. Well, and, and usually they can run free in the world and be assholes and see no, I guess, blowback. But if you're an asshole, why would you join a group that says not to be an asshole and they get mad when they call you an asshole and kick you out? Like it makes no fucking sense. Like, well, and it happens all the yeah. time. Well, it's kind of the same reason yeah, why we might join like, you know, Vonnie Hurry, the food babes page, and then just go in there and start causing trouble because we think those people are idiots. But it's just on the inverse side of the equation. Oh. But there's so many places where you can actually, there's so many toilets all over the internet. So you can go into Reddit. It's a great place. And just <laughs> the, the, the stupidity you're going to see there. So if you really are hell bent on that kind of crap, go and do it there and like make each train progress something positive. That's, that's a fantastic point. And what's funny is that I've quite, I've literally said almost those exact words to people. <laughs> Um, either either when they get booted or after they get booted and then I find them on the internet somewhere else bitching about E-Train Progress, the, the group that they love that they now think is a piece of shit because they were the ones that got kicked out because they were, you know, obviously breaking the rules and when warned, they decided to ignore it. Um, like... You got kicked out of a just, Facebook group, man. Like, like Jesus. That, right? Like, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> like the, here's the here's the part that's ironic. There was a, a situation. There's been a few of them, actually, where someone likes the group. They end up violating a rule. They get warned and then they talk shit to my moderators. I lose my cool and I <laughs> drop some F-bombs on them and then I kick them out. And then they show up somewhere else on Facebook complaining about it and talking about how, oh, this group is the biggest pile of shit. And the thing that's ironic is that. Before getting kicked out, there's been multiple instances of this where they call people snowflakes or they say you're easily offended <laughs> or you're being a bitch or whatever, whatever word to imply that the problem isn't their behavior. The problem is that everyone else needs thick skin. But then they're the ones crying about it on a different thread in Facebook. And it's just like exactly as you said, you got kicked out of a Facebook group. And now you're going to spend another hour whining about it on Facebook somewhere else. So, you know, who's who, being the bitch here? And who you're friends with. Like if my friend posted that they hate this group, they got kicked out. I'd be like, man, how do you get kicked out of a Facebook group? Like that's that's borderline impossible unless you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like they must surround themselves with some stupid people who are like, yeah, fuck eat, trade and progress. All right. So speaking of people that you kicked out of eat, train, progress, uh, when we were at the fitness summit, there was a lot of jokes, a lot of references to Mark Shields and you uh, from all the presenters. So you guys seem to be kind of like stars within that community. So what is all that about? And uh, how did he get his ass banned? <laughs> and explaining Mark okay. Shields, explaining Mark Shields is just for our audience, yeah. for the people who don't know. And then tell us why you you laid the whooping on them. Can you repeat that first part, Dean, of what you just said? I was going to say, let our audience know who Mark Shields is, just because some people aren't going to know, and then let us know when, how you dropped the hammer and why. Okay, so first of all, Mark is a, a friend of mine on Facebook, and he is a very skilled and very funny troll. He says some incredibly hilarious <laughs> shit repeatedly. And so um, despite 
kicking Mark out of the group. I like him a lot. Um, I chat with him every year at the fitness summit and he genuinely is a good dude. And so, um, and I am also not letting him back in the group, but, uh, <laughs> having said that, so I do like Mark. The reason he got kicked out was that, um, he was being just how he normally is a funny troll. And I don't remember the exact dialogue, but he ended up pushing it a bit far with his trolling. And one of the moderators gave him a polite warning. And in my opinion, he was pretty rude to her on multiple exchanges. And it, you know, I actually had more patience than normal. You know, if, if this were to happen and it was not my friend doing it, I would have just fucking booted him immediately. And that would have been the end of it because I do not put up with like, you know, my moderators are my friends. They're my clients and they are volunteers. And I will not put up with people, um, you know, personally attacking them or just just being douches to them. And that's what he was doing. Now, he was being funny. It's just that he did not let up. And um, at the point that he got multiple warnings and just kept doing it. I just said, well, I got to boot shields. And what was hilarious about it is that he then posted on his wall and the post was like, <laughs> I just want you to know, I don't care. I got booted from this Facebook group, but it's not a big deal. I don't care. And like two hours later, they're still talking about it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, you don't care, but I'll just spend two hours of my time talking about it on Facebook on my own wall. So I, I, uh, I occasionally go to his wall and troll him about that and repeatedly bring it up. And I just did in the past week, I wrote something like, remember that time I kicked you out of Facebook on my group? That was awesome. We'll have to make sure so. you, um, you know, slip it to him that we talked no about bombs though. Like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> and the thing is like he, uh, you know, my moderators were pretty pissed at him and rightfully so because he just did not know when to let up. And, um, and again, that's another thing where it's like, you could sit there and go, Oh, well, the moderators are a bunch of snowflakes. Well, blah, blah, blah. They just need thicker skin. It's like, no, you just need to quit being a douchebag. Yeah, so, and I'm not saying that about Mark in particular. I'm saying that about Mark. anyone. It's like, Mark, if you're listening, you're bad. Right. You're bad. Dude. No, I, no, seriously though. No. I like Mark a lot. He is, he is genuinely a good dude and uh, I'm glad that I'm friends with him and, uh, you know, there's no hard feelings over it. And here's something else funny that I think is hilarious. He never even joined the group. I added him to the group. Like, <laughs> you added him and kicked him out. And so I even joked about it. Uh, there's been a couple threads where I go, God, I'm going to add Mark Shields and just so I can kick him out again. So I give it and I take it the way. <laughs> well, yeah, shit, I actually, yeah, so I actually did just the same sort of thing. We, I recently created a small group for kind of a mentorship for uh, a lot of the trainers that I talk to who are trying to develop themselves in this business. So I was having all these one on one conversations I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to put these all together. And I posted on, on social media and then a whole bunch of people like, hey, I want to get at it too. So I also grabbed a bunch of people that I knew would be interested. So I threw a bunch of people in. And so an old friend of mine gets in there and immediately he posts a very technical question about nutrition. Like we're talking shit that he probably should go and message a, a Lyle McDonald for. And it's definitely even yeah. above my head. So I gave him an answer and I sort of countered a couple of, of things that he said. So kind of went back and forth and then he just very abruptly said, oh, you know, good luck with this group. It's it's a bit too dogmatic for me. And he peaced out. And I'm like, the hell? So I messaged wow. him. And so, of course, what had happened is, uh, and he's a good friend. He's an old friend. But he tends to creep over into the the conversation we had. Well, if he's listening to this, he's going to be pissed. But fuck it, who cares? Uh, a bit more <laughs> about, like, the questioning the the motives and the bias and the financial stuff with, with research. And we know where that sort of rabbit hole starts to go. That's creeping into a little yeah. deeper into that paranoid conspiracy theorist type of stuff. And it's not full blown anti-vax, but it's some of the same sort of logic. So we had a little bit of back and forth and we found a lot of common ground, but there was definitely a few places where it's like, okay, I, I know that I'm not going to go for what he's saying, but to suggest that I'm really dogmatic, I found kind of funny, made me think about it, of course, but he just basically got in there, asked something that was completely outside the scope of the group, didn't necessarily like the response, didn't go and take anything else from it. And they just sort of made a disrespectful post and pieced right out. I'm like, okay, yeah, see ya. <laughs> but I was yeah. the one who added him in the first place. So. You fucked up, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have to just touch on that point. We have something that um, one of my mods came up with. She called it the flounce announce Ooh. where it's someone it's, it's when we get someone that says, well, screw this group, I'm leaving. And so now we have a new hidden rule that if someone says that and they don't leave, we give them like five minutes and then we just kick them out. <laughs> so <laughs> good. That's, that's happened so many Love times that. it's really funny where someone's like well this group sucks i'm not sticking around and then we'd see like two hours later they're still posting it's like wait a second you said you were gonna leave and you haven't left yet so it's just kind of funny and then we post a meme of an airplane taking off because like <laughs> they're gonna take off see so, that's the we, anyway. well, we're not there yet 
Um, we're talking about a lot of, I don't even want to say negativity. I would say other people are being negative, but within the fitness industry, there is a lot of negativity. So with all these great things happening and that you see happening, what positive impact are we collectively making? So I'm talking fitness professionals, online coaches, the people are trying to do well by people and their health. So what positive impact yeah. do you think that we're making? outside of the negative shit that you know, you know, you normally hear like the Kardashians and fucking Jillian I Michaels and all that other bullshit. Yeah. From my own personal experience, I can tell you that on not quite a daily basis, but at least a weekly basis, I have someone who I don't interact with either ever or often will reach out to me on Facebook and send me a private message and thank me for how much they enjoy the E-Train Progress Group. They will thank me for providing a community that they feel comfortable talking in. They will thank me for the information that gets posted sometimes. And sometimes they'll just say this group is so fun because sometimes people post, you know, memes and, and just silly, ridiculous stuff. And so I think in, in one respect, that's not necessarily coaching, so to speak, but I think that we can have a positive impact on just someone's uh, online experience. Um, and I think from a coaching standpoint, I think some of the benefits that we can provide as coaches are some of the fairly obvious ones that you would help people with. And that would just be like improving their fitness levels, maybe improving their habits, maybe improving, uh, if you help them with things like you know, the quality of their sleep or something like that, I think that we can really make an impact on just improving the quality of life of the people that we work with. And then I think in the larger scope, this kind of goes back to the internet thing, but I think there's some fitness professionals that have have helped thousands of people through the reach that they have yeah. in just the spreading of good information. And to use one example, I think Alan Aragon would be a very good example because I know that for me, he was instrumental in me becoming an online coach. Um, and in just kind of putting out good information because he was one of the first people I found who was really, I'll use the term evidence-based and really, changed a lot of my dogmatic views. And if you think about it, I've heard of several other coaches who have said the same thing that like Alan was just instrumental in them becoming an online coach and, and falling in love with that, that kind of a thing. And so when you think about all the people that those coaches have reached, and then you think about that, it, that so much of this can get traced back to him. And there's probably many other examples of other figures in the industry that have that same effect. I think it's kind of scary to think about the reach that you could have um, as an individual. And so I would imagine that's, that's got to feel pretty good. That probably goes back to the question I asked earlier about the, you know, the, the Kansas city fitness summit and how it benefits people with yeah. more and more people getting into this environment and learning from the best. And Alan, he's the headline presenter pretty much every year and just an amazing dude guys, you know, go and search Alan Aragon, follow him. He puts out it's tons awesome. of great stuff. That trickle down effect, I hope, continues. Uh, you know, I'm planning on bringing several people this year to Kansas City. I presume you're going to be there. I'm trying to get Dean to make sure he can go. He's going to be coming back from some sort of vacation right around the same time. So if I can bring a, a group of people and expose them to that world, well, maybe that really benefits them because my year took off in a big way after going to that event because it just opened me up to a lot of things. And yeah. look at us now. We have this podcast. We're all talking. And uh, I don't think any of that probably would have come out of this if I probably hadn't had that experience or been spending time around or following people like Alan Aragon and so many of the other names that we've mentioned. So. Absolutely. All right. So books, 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 books. We Andrew reads love a books, asking this question. Nice. Uh, I'm kind of known for chewing through books pretty fast. So what are you reading and, and, or uh, what's a pretty memorable book you think that people really should probably check out? You know, I, do very little book reading and yes. it's to a point that it's embarrassing meaning <laughs> like i can tell you the books that i am the book right now that i'm going through is stefan guillenay's uh the hungry brain and i am not very far into the book i've owned it for a while and it just speaks to me not reading nearly as much as i should i'm a huge fan of guillenay's material and um you know i've read a lot of his blog posts and i've listened to several of his uh he's been on a few podcasts and so um but just a huge fan of his approach and so um the little that i've read of that and the stuff that i've read from him online i think is fantastic as far as what i've been reading if i take the time to read it's usually other fitness professionals material online i am a subscriber to the mass 
research review by Greg Knuckles, Eric Helms, and Mike Zerdos. It is fantastic. I'm a member of James Krieger's weightology service, and I'm a longtime member of Alan Aragon's research review. And so the majority of my reading time is spent on those particular things because I consider them incredibly high quality and very beneficial to me as a coach. And so, um, yeah, did those you, are the things. Did you ever read any fiction books growing up? Like, what was your favorite one growing up? You had to read some book at some point. Oh, so I got you know, to. I, I really did not. But if I had to, let me see if I can remember the title. There was a Dungeons and Dragons yes. series. Of, they were very thick paperback books. It was the Dragonlance Chronicles, I think. Yeah, there you go. And see. I read some of those books, and I enjoyed those a great deal. You may I'm have just earned some new fans now. Hey? <laughs> yeah, buddy. See, that's why we asked that, man. You know, I we, used to play Dungeons and Dragons as a kid. I was a big, big into that. So, so did I. Love that stuff. His dad. It was on our first podcast. His, <laughs> his dad took away his Dungeons and Dragons book because he thought it was like calling demons or something. Oh, what what are my aunts? Yeah, I remember was that. Like I remember that. like a lot of people thinking that that <laughs> like it was this evil evil thing, but I thought it was incredibly creative and very fun. Let's say and now I know adults that play it, and I'm like, that's cool because they're, they're, especially like. <clears throat> There's a lot. Andrew, I don't know what your experience was, but growing up with that, like, you know, at least in the like kind of early teens, if you if you did that, like you were the nerd and you got made fun of. Whereas, oh, like, totally. Well, I grew up in a small town of like 500 people in northern Newfoundland, which is not something not <clears throat> not everybody knows. So and all the rest of the kids were out, like actually quite literally, like I think three of them would sniff gas on the weekends and come home and brag about it. Or uh, <laughs> they were off skidooing and hunting and rabbit snaring and fishing oh, and all these other sort of things. And, and some of that stuff's cool. And the sniffing gas part isn't. Uh, but yeah, I didn't really fit in <laughs> Have you there. Tried it? So I, you can't don't judge, man. Quite literally, don't no. knock until you try it. <laughs> and uh, but anyway, so yeah, I just stay at home and play video games, uh, stuff like Ultima and Dragon Dragon Warrior and Final Fantasy and all the old old stuff, uh, like oh, way yeah. backward. Dragon Warrior on this on the original Nintendo. Yeah, like number one. Like you and I are probably close to the same age, so we remember those old games. Simon, was it oh, yeah. Castlevania Two, Simon's Quest? Like I remember being eight years old and getting the first Nintendo NES and like Super yep. Mario Brothers. Fuck. It's like you guys are old, man. I'm like just. <laughs> turning 30 this like in a week and so like oh yeah we're, we're straddling 40 so you you missed out on a golden era of video games i will touch but, on this though like dungeon and dragons like it's getting bigger just yeah. because it's cool to be i want to say nerdy and like yeah. it's getting huge man well, like, we missed harry nice. harry potter is mainstream culture now lord of the rings is huge you have all these yeah. other sort of like well, fuck twilight is kind of stupid but i mean it's all those kinds of books Comic book movies are the biggest thing ever. It is cool to be into comics. It is a great time to be a part of nerd culture and it is definitely now more accepted than mainstream. So you guys I, are think, all I think the it's days great. of looking at, oh, look at this fucking idiot. He's like reading comic books and playing Dungeons and Dragons. I think those days are over. And uh, yeah. it's really, really cool that, you know, there's no more being ostracized for enjoying that stuff. But I actually just kind of kept it to myself. So no one really kind of knew what I was doing. And it was just, just me. That was it. We got to tie this into fitness somehow. We got to make a group for... I don't want to say nerds, but Dungeons and Dragons and fitness. I, that's big, man. Comic books and curls. There's your book. There's your group name right there. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Patrick's like, no, no. What did, what did you say? Some, what, what was the name? Comic books and curls. There you go. That's awesome. Yeah. I hate those uh, like caffeine and kilos and what is it? Uh, deadlifts and donuts. I actually kind of hate that alliteration in uh, the okay. names of stuff because I know it's really popular. So it's like, yeah. ah, fuck. So yeah, yeah, it could I, be a stupid name like eat, train and progress. Like so basic. <laughs> <laughs> like who the fuck would come up with that? Right. <laughs> come on. Like at least at least be like pump, dump and hump. Right. Or something more like viral, like just eat good, train and progress. And then you got big. Like, what the hell, man? I know. I, I think about that. I go, man, I should have come up with a better name, <laughs> but I got 14,000 people now. I can't change it. So we're stuck with it. You're stuck with it. Um, yeah. So actually, great segue. So obviously there's the Facebook group, Eat, Train, Progress. Where else can our audience find you? Right now, that is the best place. That's where I do the vast majority of my interactions. Yeah. Um, I have a website for E-Train Progress that is not completed yet, but I've got a couple of mock-ups that are now done. It is essentially paid for and being put together as we speak. And I would imagine, if I had to guess, it'll probably be up in one to two weeks. Nice. And so, Do you have... Um, um, 
and this is going to be weird, but like, and maybe something that you should have, if you don't, do you have a Snapchat channel where you perform your magic or something like nope. more YouTube-ish <laughs> where like we can see nope. Patrick do magic? I don't. And, um, I, I don't like magic to be viewed on something that can be replayed over and over again. Okay. I think that it's fine in that as a magician, you need to be technically sharp and competent enough that things can withstand multiple viewings, but it's not my preferred way to, to, to deliver that source of entertainment. What, what about so, I'll challenge that. What about live feed where you don't save it after like that could be, big. that's an interesting idea. I've never thought of that. Just, like just throwing it out there. Like you have a group, yeah. Facebook's huge, the biggest platform mm-hmm. live. If you, as long as you don't hit save after and let people watch it, like that could be, it could be big. For that's you, man. interesting. That's a good idea. Just, just credit me when I you will, do it. Yeah. Once. I will consider that. I'm also on Instagram at E train progress. Um, I've had the intentions of building my Instagram, uh, by posting more often. I don't post very often. I do have some content on there and you know, I may get back to it at some point. Um, I still use it because clients will sometimes use that as their method of delivering videos to me. So they'll tag me and I'll go on there to watch their, watch their, uh, videos. So, um, but I am on there and I welcome people to follow me there. I do enjoy talking to people. So if anyone wants to reach out to me, uh, just by messaging me on Facebook, I welcome that. Um, but yeah, I think Facebook would be the, the number one way to, uh, get my attention. Well, it kind of goes to the whole idea that a lot of these conversations I have with new trainers coming up who are trying to gain audience and, and be more successful. Pick one thing that you do extremely well and really focus your energy on it. One to two platforms. And you've done a wonderful job of that with this group. So I really do encourage people to go there. So I guess this is a big thank you to you, Patrick, for coming on. I was really excited to thank do you. this one. This was awesome. We have a bunch of mandatory shit for audience now. So <laughs> this shit isn't negotiable. So you guys got to go fucking do this stuff. Uh, first of all, go join Eat Train Progress, like check out Patrick and, uh, Please subscribe to our podcast. If you're Patrick's fan who found this, we'd love a few more subscribers. We're going to do great stuff going forward. We've already had some great episodes. So check out some of our other episodes. Guys, five-star ratings are amazing. We appreciate those. You can like our Facebook page, The Fitness Devil. And we want you to share this with friends and... Basically, that was our call to action. Like, you know what? You're going you're gonna to list this fucking episode. Do some things, okay? That's all we ask. Yeah, free. buddy. Do it. Like, exactly. Patrick says do it. So fucking do it. Go. Do it. And guys, uh, most of all, thanks for listening. And Patrick, thank Absolutely. you for joining us. Thanks for having me, dude.